0: Thank you, church. You can be seated this morning. All those online with us as well. Great to have you here. It's awesome. Um, back to skydiving for a second, because um, I think this needs to be addressed. Um, if you think that it's a wise idea to be so far in the air and jump out of a plane, you are bonkers. Who's with me? All right. Yeah. Everyone here. That's right. I have the microphone now. Uh That's right. But you clearly know who the faithful one in the relationship is. Um, She's got faith. I do not. Um, In a parachute. I have faith in the Lord, not in a parachute. Um, All those people. Anyway, um, I'm sure they're great people. Anyway, tangent over. Um, Hey, it's great to be speaking this morning. Um, Great to be continuing our Sermon on the Mount series. And um, basically what we're doing, I'm going to get straight into it. In a moment, anyway, Uh, but just to set us up, uh, we've been going over uh, chapters five, six, and seven of the book of Matthew, uh, which is really important. We've just come um, out of our way, uh, The Way series, looking at the practices of Jesus, living the way of Jesus. And I'm really excited as I I talk today because everything that I'm talking about um, is actually not what I'm talking about. It's what Jesus is talking about. It's literally the words of Jesus that He gave to His disciples, His followers, and to anyone that would hear in that time, maybe they weren't following Him. And they're like, you know what, if you want to, this is the way that you can actually start following after God. And um, so I want to i want to be so upfront this morning because we're going to get straight into the passage and it's going to like, it's just going to be, I just want to make something clear. These are Jesus's words, uh, not mine. If you have anything that you're like, whoa, whoa, I don't know if I agree with that. You can take that up with Jesus. Uh, feel free, go for it. Don't take that up with me. No, you can if you want. Um, at least ask me questions after or whatever it looks like. Um, But this morning, uh, we're gonna look at a bunch of things that I'm really excited about because I think it'll bring life to you. I think it'll bring freedom to your life, but it'll also teach us the way in which we uh, live in the kingdom of God. So I wanna ask you, are you ready for the heat this morning? Are you ready for God's Word this morning? Uh, God wants to speak to all of us. We're so ready for it. Jesus does not hold back any punches. Um, so I'm looking at uh, Matthew 7, 1 to 14. If you have your Bibles here, I do encourage you uh, to get it out. I was like, for the sake of it, you know what? I'll get my Bible on stage. I'll read it from Scripture. And um, so if you've got it, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 to 14, we're gonna look through all of it. And um, I'm telling you, there's so much in this passage that I don't know in 30 minutes I'm gonna be able to get absolutely all of it. Um, I think it's impossible, but what we can do is pray, and maybe it will be possible. Uh, So why don't we pray right now uh, over the Word. So Lord God, uh, we pray for Your Word this morning we pray uh, that it would speak to our hearts God you didn't you didn't speak for uh, with no intent or purpose God you spoke uh, to give us clarity on the kingdom clarity on who you are and clarity on who God is and uh, we want to know God more today we want to know you today more Jesus we want to know your kingdom more and we just pray that you would just do something in our hearts right now that we'd be ready to receive what you have for us because uh, God we don't want to make it Jesus up in our heads we want the biblical truth of who you are Jesus and what you're doing in in our lives, in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Well, um, just before this passage, just so we're aware, um, Jesus was talking about, don't be anxious for the day. He was talking about, you know, the clothes that you wear, uh, the food that you Don't worry about where it's gonna come from because I'm your provider. I'm gonna sort it out. Don't be anxious for tomorrow because today kind of has some worries. And does anyone wanna say amen to that? Uh, We've got some things that sometimes can happen each day. Worry about today um, because tomorrow has lots of things, but rely on me. And then, Straight up, straight up, he goes into Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 to 14. And I'm going to anchor this on two sections this morning. Uh, It says this in this first part uh, Jesus to anyone that wants to follow him Judge not that you be not judged. Okay, right. Let's all go home. Um, we, We got it. Don't judge. Judge not that you be not judged. I even want to stop there, literally, because uh, we can pull out so much just from this first part that Jesus has spoken on the Sermon on the Mount. And and this, this verse is kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of... Uh, uh, I've kind of wondered about this first because it's like, isn't it healthy sometimes to judge? Isn't it? Uh, when, when are we supposed to judge and judge not? Because that's a pretty broad statement just to say, judge not. And I wanna unpack what does it mean by judging not or not judging rather. And uh, I wanna make it really clear, Jesus is talking about, you can judge anyone that puts sauce in the fridge. Okay? There's two kinds of people here this morning people that are put in the pantry and the fridge. We actually did a young adults poll and I'm a pantry guy. Is anyone a pantry person? Yes. Oh wow, wow. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm actually gonna leave. Um, I realize no one's with me. Um, if you're having a meat pie, okay, let's just get this straight. If you're having a meat pie, delicious Australian meat pie, and you put cold tomato sauce on a pie. Okay, no one's with me. No one's with me at all here. Sorry, I want a hot meat pie. Anyway, hopefully someone online's like, yes! <laughs> Uh, I need someone here this morning. Okay, no, okay, you can judge me then. Yeah, yeah, you're all judging me. It says judge not, so read the Bible, okay? Um, There you go. no, but shouldn't we judge people from time to time? Shouldn't we, shouldn't there be moments or are there moments or are they not my moments? Should I, I just not judge anyone and not think in my heart or my mind about this? And I don't think that's what Jesus is actually saying. Uh, Jesus is actually talking about even to the day and age of Pharisees and Sadducees that were around religious leaders that would have a judgmental attitude to people. They were judging, not the external, well they were actually judging the external, but they were actually judging the heart of people. They were saying, this person's bad because they've done this, and this person's good because they have done this. And the word judge in the Greek, in this specific context, is the word, and I'm going to butcher it because I'm not Greek, uh, says, is krenite. And it means to decide. Or in other words, this judging, and obviously that's kind of what we might think judgment is, is to decide something. But the heart of it is actually decide this person is good because of the, the, they've done this and this person is bad because they have done this. It's to be declared by someone that they're condemned or they're righteous in their own eyes. And really, this is some top tier judgment This is like some, I would like to say, maybe some God class like judgment to decide where someone goes, if they're on the good side or the bad side of someone. And that's why we need a righteous judge to judge accordingly, not to the actions of someone, but to the intention of their heart. And that's what I believe that God was actually speaking about this. You don't need a judge because I already am your judge. Jesus actually says to us in this passage, it's not that we don't need a judge, we need a judge. But guess what? You're not the judge of the heart. You and I, humanity, we are not the righteous judge because we're gonna get our opinions in the way. We're gonna get our own bias in the way. We're gonna get our own perceptions in the way. But there's someone not on ground level, but on a bird's eye view that can see all of humanity and he can see the deep depths of their heart. And God is the righteous judge to uh, uh, judge accordingly to what He sees in every person's heart. It is not my role and is not your role to judge someone's heart, whether they are good or whether they are better or worse because they did X or they didn't do X. It is not our role. But uh, I say this, but humanity likes to be God from time to time. Humanity likes to be judged from time to time. Have you noticed that? Uh, that we actually like to put this role of, I will be the judge of whether that person's good or not, or they did it right, they didn't do it right. Humanity likes to be God. And this is actually a common line. If not, I feel in this day and age, one of the most uh, popular verses in the world, actually, they actually say, don't judge me. Only God can judge me, well, if they don't believe in God. But uh, doesn't the Bible say, I hear atheists say this all the time, just like, doesn't the Bible say not to judge me? So don't judge me on my lifestyle. Don't judge me on what I'm doing. And this is not what, uh, what Jesus is actually speaking about when He comes to judgment. Because many times, Jesus even said, you will know the person by the fruits of their life. So it's not talking about that we can just do whatever we want. It's not a licence to do whatever we want with our lives. But this judgment is at the heart level. I know Miley Cyrus, if anyone knows who that is, she said, only God can judge me. And I'm like, do you want God judging you? Like, do you know what you're asking? Like, He's probably like the most righteous, most holy, most like, and I don't know if you're living, you know, I'm, I, I'm not gonna judge her right now. I can't do that. I should probably listen to myself right now. But, uh, and I'm convicted by this, absolutely. When how many times I've judged people and be like, you did this, so you are that. You did this, so you are that. How many times have we done that in our hearts, church? And this is what it's not. It's not a blanket statement to overlook sin or wrong behaviour. There's wisdom in judgment. Jesus was constantly judging and discerning the religious leaders. But there's a difference between judgment that's discernment and judgment that's just plain negativity. I'll say that again. There is a difference between judgment that's discerning a situation and a heart and what's going on, the godly way, of judging something and going, hey, it might not be best that I associate with that person because of maybe the things that's going on in their life. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe we could influence that person. But then there's just judgment, that's negativity. You are this because you did that. That is not of God because we are not God. Look at that. We did that from like the first sentence in this first part. That's why I said 30 minutes. I don't know if I can do it. We're gonna keep going. It says this uh, in verse two, For with the, and this is like hardcore right now, okay? If you don't let this get into your heart right now, um, I don't know, it's up to you. I won't judge you. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it will be measured to you. Or in other words, church, if we judge like we're God, we'll be judged like we're God. If we start to judge like we're God, we will be judged by Him like we're God. Or in other words, if we start saying this person's this and this person's out, this person's in, this person's, oh, I don't like them in my eyes, all this stuff, then God will actually put the exact same measurement that we put on that person over ourselves and be like, okay, well, how are you going with that? How are you going with your heart right now? Or are you just the perfect person that's done it all? It almost seems like church, we need a perfect person to be a judge. Where are we gonna find a perfect person? I don't know. Oh, Jesus, maybe. Um, He might be the perfect person, the righteous judge that we can rely on to judge people and judge us. Uh, unless we have the perfection of God to judge in our heart, it might not be the best idea that us in our hearts, where decide where people go and people do not go. If they're in, if they're out, if they're good with us, if they're not, because God is judge. What can we make of this this morning? I wanna ask you this question. Where are your fingers pointed this morning, church? Where are your fingers pointed? Because the religious leaders and the Pharisees of this day that Jesus is really addressing, you know, this is what they were doing. You, 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 you're sinful. You've done it wrong. You haven't got it all together. But I love what Jesus is saying in judge not. And if you can judge anything, this is what he's saying. The judgment finger goes straight here. It's actually pointed inwards, church. It's going, okay, if I can be judged over anything, it's actually the state of my heart. That's the only thing that I can be responsible for because that's the only thing we are responsible for, the state of our own heart before God. We aren't responsible for the state of someone else's Christian life or they haven't prayed 10 times or they didn't come to life group or they didn't get it right. We are not responsible for their decisions in life. We're responsible for what God's done in our lives and how we are living our lives unto God. I wanna ask you the question, what does our world look like if everyone, and let's put this on mass scale, every single person, what does our world look like if every single person treats others with a finger outward? You're the person that's done wrong. But then Jesus flips it. It's the upside down kingdom. It's the kingdom that, that is different to the world. He says, I don't want you to point your fingers out. I want you it inside and I love that this message. You might have been like, "Judge not." Yep, Nick. I'm thinking of all those people, and I'm like, they need to hear that message right now. Judge not, man. They've just been judging me. They've just been—I don't know—like you know, when I didn't get it right or I didn't meet the expectations. They just keep judging me, and they and they keep, you know. And I feel this judgment all, uh, you know, all up in my grill. You know, I feel this tension of judgment. God isn't talking about that person right now. God's talking about you. Judge not, church. Judge not. I know we're like, oh, okay, this is getting heavy right now. Words of Jesus, take it up with Him. This ain't my word, it's His word. Judgment. And then Jesus brings that into light where He says this um, in verses three to four to five. He says, Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take out of the speck of your own eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. Jesus' words, first take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. It's like doing this, you know, there's like a plank there. And we're just trying to tell people, hey, you got a plank, uh, you got a speck in your eye. You, you have a, it's like, it doesn't make sense. Get that plank out and then we will deal with that. Or um, you don't even need to deal with that. Let God deal with that. Could we be a church that had our fingers pointed inward first going, God, what do you need to change in me first? What things do you need to change in me? Am I right before you, God? Am I good? And then we can proceed to help other people as well. And uh, my wife knows this. I'm prone to get things in my eyes constantly. And uh, she points it out all the time. Um, I don't know why that was relevant. I just always get things in my eye. Uh, Finally, church, on this point of judgment, on this point of judgment, um, I'm so glad that God is my righteous judge. I am so glad. Do you know what it helps me do as a Christian? It helps me love people so much easier because I'm not like, oh yeah, I need to love you, but like you did this wrong. It's like, no, 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 I don't need to sort that out because there's gonna be a day known as the final judgment where God will judge every person's heart for their deeds, for their actions, for what they've done and the motives of their heart. God's got it sorted. We don't need to sort that out. Let's love people unconditionally. The thing is, is that God uh, didn't say, in the Bible, doesn't talk about unconditional approval. It talks about unconditional love. Hey, we might not approve of a decision and we wanna help people, but it's in our unconditional love for people that we're just gonna love them radically. And it helps us do that rather than having, oh yeah, 75%, I love you, but you need to get this right with your life. And there's times for that where we can speak and we can bring that in. But God's judging our hearts when we make that judgment call. Are we doing it? Because we're trying to tear that person down to build ourselves up. Or are we actually trying to say, hey, do you need to get that sorted in your life because it's actually hurting you? We can come from the place of Jesus out of love and rather than judgment. Wonderful, that's the first section that Jesus brings out. And then he moves it on. And there's this kind of like segue uh, sentence that I'm not gonna get into today because it would just be another whole preach right here. It says, do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. He's pretty much just saying, there are things that are holy that aren't supposed to be trotted on and treated like, even like the church, this is a sacred space right now for God to move. We aren't here to defile it or do our own things. I'm not here to bring my own word of like, here's your top 10 tips on how to be a better person. Like that's defiling the Word of God. It's like, we are here to preach the Word of God. Not gonna get into that. Would take nine hours, not gonna do it. All right, And then he moves on. And I love this part, and I hope this is really gonna encourage some people today. Uh, The title for this is Ask and it Will Be Given. And Jesus said this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, brutal, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? I love that Jesus teaches another thing about the kingdom of God is that if you want something, just ask for it. If you want something from God here this morning, Did you know you have complete access? I love what Tom was talking about before. We don't need to do the things of the Old Testament anymore. Everything is wrapped up in Jesus that He has given us access to the Father. That right now, in this moment, if you want more of God, you can have more of God in a moment, in a split second. He says, Ask and you shall receive, and it will be given to you. The thing is, is that the world, those who don't know God, and we pray that they will know God, but they need to work for what they're given. But how amazing! that you and I have a heavenly Father, that He's not just our righteous judge, but He's our loving Father, that He says, if you need anything, let me know. If you need anything, I am here. Why are you trying to work it out when you could pray it out? Why are you trying to do something that's natural over here when you can tap into the supernatural power of God and just meet with me in our relationship? The world has to work with blood, sweat and tears, but to the believer, there's a hope that we have access to the heavenly Father that He is there every single day. Have you ever had a person that you relied on so much where it's like, it didn't matter what day or time you could rely on Him. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's ready and waiting to meet with you, to talk to you and to hear your requests. I love that our God church doesn't only uh, promise us that we can come to Him and we'll receive. He actually desires to give to us. He is... He's a God that desires to give you more. There is more in God. There is so much more. And sometimes we can have a poverty Christian mindset where it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm here to build a relationship with God and, and be strong with Him, but oh, I won't ask Him for anything. I don't need to bother the Father. When He's like, I wanna give to you. I have more blessing for you. And this isn't prosperity gospel. No, God is a good God that gives good things to His good children because He's perfected us, He's made us new and He calls us the Bride of Christ. He wants and desires to give more to us. I want to make this clear, we don't have kids yet, but uh, I have pastored many children in my life. Every Friday night, they're here right now. Um, some of them anyway, um, and uh, many teenagers doing youth ministry for over 10 years or 10 years this year of being in leadership and doing life with teenagers. And uh, it's so funny. I don't know the parents of the room will get this. Sometimes um, you get inklings here or there of like uh, complaints about uh, wanting to do something or not wa- not wanting to do something or like something like that. And sometimes you get to the point where say like I'm driving the bus and like this person like really wants McDonald's or something like that. And then like we drive straight past McDonald's and they're like, oh, oh, I can't believe we just missed it. And it's like, what, what, what do you mean? Just like, well, we just went past Macca's. And I'm like, what, do you want Macca's? And it's like, oh, well, yeah, I thought you'd like, you know, I don't know, like pull over and like, you know, get me a Slurpee or something like that. I'm like, what do you want? Just tell me and we'll go to McDonald's. It's like a dollar for a Slurpee. I'm here for it. I'll get one too. I'll share all your buds in the back. Let's get it happening. But sometimes you get to the point where it's like, uh, have you seen the notebook? What do you want? What do you want? I don't know, It's Ryan Gosling? I think it's Ryan Gosling. He's just saying, what do you want? And I think sometimes God's like that. What do you want? You're trying to do all these things over here, work it out yourself, make it happen. And God's like, you could just communicate with me. You could just talk to me about it. You're like, oh, like I just think I need to work an extra day in the business. That's gonna be the thing. God's like, what do you want? I've got it for you. I've got it for you. You don't need to stress. You don't need to strive. You need need to abide in my relationship with you. You need to come with me. You need to sup with me. You need relationship with me. Because God, and I love that Jesus brings this out in the first section. He says, God's a righteous judge, but He's not some judge that sits on His throne and that's it. He's righteous judge, but He's loving Father as well. He's our loving Father. I wanna ask you this morning, church, what have you complained about in the past month, week, few days that you should just be praying about? What are some things I am like, this is speaking straight to my heart where I'm like, man, I complain a little bit. I'm like, why isn't that happening? Why aren't we seeing breakthrough in that? Why, why can't this happen or that happen? And I'm like, all right, well, have you prayed about it? Have you built relationship with me? And I think that's God's heart, church. You might be like, well, why does God want me to pray about it? Why does God want me to, you know, why can't He, doesn't He know, you know, that Scripture? He knows the desires of our heart. Like, well, if He knows, Like, can He just do it for me? Um, This is the thing about God, church, is that relationships are built on trust. Every relationship that you have, think about it right now, or they're built on not trust. You know, you don't have a relationship because there's no trust there, but they're built on trust. And what would happen if you went your whole life, your whole existence, and you never talked to God and He just gave you what you wanted? Sounds a little bit like Santa to me. He's not real, but oh wait, I probably shouldn't say that. Sorry, sorry, if there's any kids here. He's real? No, I don't know where we sit with that. As a church, I'm gonna look over the theological documents. Um, Sidetrack, get back on track, Nick. <laughs> Sounds a little bit like Santa to me. You know why God wants us to go to Him? Because He wants relationship with you. Because that time... Where in my life, personally, when I went, God, I don't know how this is gonna happen, but I'm gonna trust You, I'm gonna pray to You. And You said, ask and You shall receive, not might receive. I'm gonna put my trust in what You said, Jesus, on the Sermon on the Mount. And then when it happens, you're like, God, You're so good. Wow, You're so good. I didn't know that You were my provider until guess what, You provided for me. But if I start doing things in the business more or I start believing that I can bring someone to salvation without God, whatever it looks like, whatever you fill the blank with that you're believing for, if I don't have God void of that, then He won't get the glory for that. But when we have a relationship with God, we trust God and go, God, I wanna pray with You. Yes, to get, but God, just for You as well, just because I love You and I know that You're my heavenly Father and I trust You. What parent in this room, in this earth, what good parent doesn't give good gifts to their children? How much more, how much more does God wanna give to us? So if we wanna receive, we do not ask the universe, church. We ask our heavenly Father. We do not wish in our minds that that would be a better circumstance. We get on our knees and we begin to pray and build relationship with God. Maybe this morning, you're like, I've been trying to do A, B and C, but I haven't got back to the source. Can I encourage you? Let our prayer lives go deeper today. Let our prayer lives be flourishing where we see the power of God. If one thing could change at all, let's believe the promise of God that when we ask, we shall receive. And finishing up for this morning, Jesus goes over a few other things and I'll get the band to come up. That would be amazing. He then goes on to say, and this really culminates the two sections of God is righteous judge, God is Loving Father, He says, "So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets." Jesus plays for one moment in this section right here. He plays to our selfishness, and He says, "Whatever you want done with your life, I want you to do for other people's lives." How many people in this room, including myself, we we wish it the other way? Oh, I want more relationships in my life. Why don't more people reach out to me? And it's like, why don't they do that for me? Once again, it's judgment of they're not doing something for me where God's like, if you want something, there's actually a lot of self-responsibility in Christianity to go, I'm gonna take the lead in the same way that Jesus took the lead for me. I'm gonna go out and if you want something, Hey, why don't you do it for someone else? If you're like, uh, I, God, I, I really need a return. I, I really need financial blessing on my life. Why don't you start giving and see what God brings back to your life? It's not prosperity, it's biblical. We reap what we sow, we invest out and God by faith extends back to us. We in this church are called to do things for others first without getting anything in return. Is that not... The message of Jesus, that He gave everything and expected nothing in return. Do you know you don't have to do one thing? You don't have to lift your finger this morning to come to God. He's done it all. He's paid it all. So when we operate in this promise of doing unto others first, we operate in the nature of Jesus. Then He finally, finally finishes it with this. Once again, words of Jesus, take it up with Him. He says, enter by the narrow gate For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to Jesus, no, to destruction. It's easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. What is Jesus saying? He's saying this stuff that I'm talking about to the people on the mountain, this stuff isn't the natural. This stuff isn't the default of the human condition. No, the, de- the default of the human condition is to judge everybody and to take for yourself and not pray to God. It's, it's practical atheism. To do these things. But he's like, this kingdom is way different to the world. It looks way different. It's judging not. It's living selflessly. It's praying to your Father in Heaven who you have never seen and believing that he will, by faith, give to us. And this is the way that we live in the kingdom of God. Many will not do this. This is what he's saying. Many will not do this. They are not cut out for it. Not that God doesn't want them to live it, but they're like, it's too hard for my life. But those who desire to live the way of Jesus, live in the kingdom of God, it's hard. You ever felt that before? You've been a Christian for a while? It's hard sometimes. Hey, It's hard to live this life. It's hard to forgive sometimes. It's hard to do these things, but it's living in a different cut of the cloth. We live the narrow way of Jesus and this is what it looks like to live in those ways. The final thing on that is what Jesus was saying is, I'm the narrow gate. He said, if you wanna come into the kingdom, then Jesus is the narrow gate. He's the person we enter into. It's actually a really, uh, like Buddha, Buddha, I was gonna say Buddha's great, Buddha's not great. Um, There are many different ways that people believe that they can get to God. People say Buddha, people say polytheism, believing in many gods, people say hedonism, doing what you want, the ultimate pleasure, that nirvana, that, that God where Jesus says, I'm the narrow gate, there's only one way to the Father. I am the way. I am the truth, I am the life. If that's not a narrow gate, I don't know what is. There's only one way to get to God and it's Jesus. That is the most narrow gate I have ever seen in my life. There is only one way where other faiths and other things would say, there's many ways to get to God. There is only one way to get to God and it is through Jesus, the narrow gate. And this is the best part. If you're like today, Nick, I'm a bit overwhelmed. You're saying, do these things. Or Jesus is saying, do these things and then don't do these other things over here. I don't know if I'm cut out for it. I got real hope for you today that Jesus is your hope this morning, that the Holy Spirit does not leave you. If you desire, Desire to live this way and not just add it onto your life. If you try to add it onto your life, I'm telling you, it won't work. If you add Jesus on and go, okay, well, I want to live my life, but then I'll try and add Jesus on and, and hopefully I'll try to judge not people and I'll try, to, I'll try to do these things, it won't work for you. But if you go, Jesus, you're the narrow gate that I enter into, and now I'm living in the kingdom of God where you're my center you're the reason, you are the hope, you are the constant, you are the guard. you are the God, you are everything to me. If you live with Jesus, not as another thing in your life, but as the centre of your life, man, it actually gets easier as you go on. Because you have the Holy Spirit every day saying, oh, you were, you were thinking that for a second, just come back in line. Okay, cool, thanks God. Uh, I thought that for a second. Oh no, thanks God, I bring it back to you. It actually gets easier When Jesus isn't an add-on, but He's the narrow way, He's the one gate, He's the only way, He is the truth, He is the life, He does have life for us. It's living in the kingdom of God. Why don't we pray? Lord God, we've heard Your Word this morning and Lord, we love it. God, we know that some things in life can be really hard and Lord, even living Your way can be really hard sometimes, but Lord, it gets so much easier when we have You, Holy Spirit, Lord, these do's and these don'ts that we've been talking about, they're not religion. They're not commandment like we have to do them. But God, we're invited to live your way in the kingdom this morning. And I pray, God, that for whoever wants to receive that this morning, they would. Whoever would say, I wanna follow Jesus, God, help us every day, Holy Spirit, not judge people righteously like we're a righteous judge. God, help us ask and pray where we would rather work for the outcome, God. Lord, finally help us live in the kingdom of God for the rest of the days of our lives, God. Lord, we're not here for faster. God, we're here for further. God, we're here to go the distance with you, Jesus. We're not here for a phase in our life or a, oh, I'll try Christianity. No, we're here to train in Christianity for the rest of our lives. God, we wanna follow you. And we thank you, Lord, for your help every single day. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.